Welcome to this introductory podcast for the Discovery Institute's Center on Wealth, Poverty, and Morality. I'm David Bowes, your host. In this podcast, we'll talk about the mission of this new center, the issues it seeks to address, and the controversies it seeks to challenge. We'll also talk about how it will challenge them and what inspired its creation. The center's senior fellows include three nationally acclaimed thinkers and writers, including Dr. Jay Richards, author of many books, but most recently co-author of Indivisible, Restoring Faith, Family, and Freedom Before It's Too Late. George Gilder, co-founder of the Discovery Institute and author of the hugely influential New York Times bestseller Wealth and Poverty, and best-selling author and film critic Michael Medved, whose syndicated radio program reaches more than 3.5 million listeners nationwide across 200 stations on a weekly basis. So, Michael, what inspired the creation of this new center? I think part of it was this idea that sort of developed in the midst of this uh, very crucial election year of 2012, that you could somehow separate social, cultural issues from economic issues. And it's so obvious that you can't. The devastating impact of family structure, uh, of negative family structure, of broken families, of -of out-of-wedlock birth, of all of the rest of it, of bad cultural ideas and values – The impact of that on people's economic status and their economic productivity and future is just so obvious and so overwhelming. I think that part of what we're trying to do here through Discovery is to affirm that the battle for prosperity is at its very core a battle that's about values. Why do you think uh, Americans lost sight of that? That used to be something that came instinctually to Americans. It comes to with what uh, the late Alan Bloom described as the closing of the American mind, this idea that it was wrong to be judgmental. I mean, <laughs> used to be, right? Judgmental used to be a good word. I mean, we are supposed to make judgments. Showing right? judgment, right. Exactly. I mean, the good, good judgment is the essence of good character. There are some things that are good and some things that are not so good. Some things that are bad, you can even say that. And for instance... It is bad if you have a situation where there are literally millions of teenagers who are pregnant and have no prospects for marriage or education or anything else. That's a devastating impact on the world. It's bad when basic values like hard work and reward for hard work are denigrated. And part of what we're hoping to do is to return that idea into the very center of our cultural debates that... Showing good judgment is a good thing. What will make the Center on Wealth, Poverty, and Morality different from other free market think tanks out there? I think it has to do with the tremendous ability of discovery to reach beyond the convicted conservative community. Discovery has been phenomenal. I mean, I've just so much enjoyed my association with, with this great group of thinkers and activists and, and creative people. Discovery has an ability to reach out to people, not based on committed ideology, but based on opening minds. And I think that in this regard, we have a a real opportunity here. It's, It's terrific that Jay Richards' new book, who's, of course, one of my colleagues with this new center, has been such a spectacular success. that That demonstrates, it's on the New York Times bestseller list right from the opening. And that demonstrates, I think, the hunger that so many people in America have for clear thinking that goes beyond the political sound bites about how we can actually have a real recovery 
uh, not just a temporary, well, the unemployment rate is down. What we need is a real recovery of our productivity and of our special place in the world. In the mission statement, it states that the center will seek to define free enterprise in the moral categories consonant with most Americans. What do you mean by that? Most Americans fear big government. They fear other people, outside forces, telling them what to do. I've written about this extensively. The core issue for most Americans is not managing the economy. Which candidate can manage the economy? Which president can manage the economy? For goodness sake, one of the things that conservatives know, that free marketeers know, is that we don't want a managed economy. The idea that somebody manages an economy is, is not a good thing. What you want to do is get outside forces and governmental institutions and political uh, institutions less entangled with people's individual economic decisions. And Grover Norquist has written about this. It's the great leave us alone coalition. Most Americans do not want bureaucrats. They do not want outside forces telling them what to do. That's about as basic an American instinct as there can be. Part of the, the center is the focus is on wealth, poverty, and morality. Morality brings to mind faith. How is faith important in the defense of free markets? Well, because faith is the ultimate source of morality. In other words, if you believe in relativism, if you believe that all ideals and ideas and all systems of thinking and of uh, organizing behavior are equally valid, then you have no basis at all for those good judgments that we were talking about. The notion that there are some eternal truths about good and evil, that there are some eternal truths about the great necessity of honoring the Old Testament and New Testament law of love, love your neighbor as yourself, those eternal truths are at the very core of a successful economy. And I'll tell you what I mean is that if you love your neighbor as yourself, which it says in the book of Leviticus, and of course Jesus emphasized that rule of human behavior, then that means that while you are benefiting yourself, while you are acting in a self-aggrandizing way to enrich yourself, to create wealth for yourself and your family, you're also benefiting other people. This is one of the most profound insights, I think, that people need to fasten their heads around, which is the only way you make money reliably and consistently in a free market system is by giving other people something they want, either doing a service for them or giving them a product that they actually choose. It's very different from a top-down managed economy where bureaucrats and government officials make all the decisions. Much has been made and written about lately. I think uh, Charles Murray's latest book showing the divide between the educated and those, uh, those who go on and get a higher education and those who do not. And he shows a, a very strong cultural divide where many of the things that you're talking about that bring on poverty and other crushing social problems are happening in areas of society that don't pay attention to what think tanks say. How does this new center reach out to a broader audience? Well, one of the things that I've found very persuasive, there's a fine book done some years ago by Myron Magnet called The Dream and the Nightmare. And it basically talks about the impact. Now, it's true that prosperity doesn't always trickle down, but bad ideas and bad behavior do. I have been very concerned for years and years about the messages, for instance, that Hollywood sends out to the rest of the country. Now, you may say that the people who live in Hollywood live in a totally isolated reality and they are protected from the consequences of their own negative behavior most of the time. 
It's true, but the rest of the country isn't protected from those consequences. And when Hollywood legitimates things like childbearing out of wedlock and the decline of the family and, uh, quote, alternate family arrangements, that has an impact on everybody else. And I think the stunning thing about Murray's book, Coming Apart, what it shows is that what we've long believed, which is that America has a good, solid, middle class and working class and people who have good traditional morality and are living in stable families and they're doing fine, but it's the elites somehow who are effete and and uh, have rejected traditional morality and are behaving badly. It's not true anymore. Maybe it once was. But what's happened is the bad behavior has trickled down and it is it had a devastating impact on people who can't protect themselves from that impact. And that today, what is very striking is that when you see the stability of marriage, the stability of work, the pursuit of education, it's concentrated in people who are either already more prosperous or become more prosperous. And you have this cluster of negative behaviors that have to be broken. And, and part of what we're trying to do at the center is to change the whole cultural paradigm. It's so strange that so many people in the elites are saying to the rest of the country, don't do as we do, do as we say. And what they're saying is worse than what they're doing. The, the point of Murray's book is that people in the economic elites in the country actually have much more together lives than you would think. Otherwise, it wouldn't make it to the elites. What will tell you that the Center on Wealth, Poverty, and Morality at the Discovery Institute is a success? If people are talking about these ideas and this cluster of ideas that we're trying to advance, if we inspire further discussion, and if we can play a role in what has to be a national revival. Michael Medved, thanks so much, my friend. Thank you, buddy. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast from the Discovery Institute's Center on Wealth, Poverty, and Morality. For more information or to support the center, please visit discovery.org. This podcast is copyright 2012, The Discovery Institute. All rights reserved.